Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT. Edge, your Royal Rumble winner, shows up on NXT. Could we possibly see him and Finn Balor at WrestleMania? And then on AEW, what a finish with Kenta of New Japan showing up. A lot to do on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. I think during this whole quote-unquote Wednesday night war, that might have been the most enjoyable Wednesday night for me as a wrestling fan. Guns were blazing last night on both shows uh, for a couple of different reasons. I, I, I really liked both shows. Um, on social media, it seems like fans loved both shows. I mean, if, if you're an AEW fan, you obviously love that show. If you're an NXT fan, you obviously loved that show. Great effort by, by everybody. Um, I mean, maybe uh, maybe there were one or two things uh, that I could have done without that we'll get into that to me were a little wonky. But man, the main of the the main events uh, alone were both incredible for their own reasons. Um, AEW's main event was chaos. It, it really, but it, it it was good chaos. Yes. Um, Ray Phoenix, my God, was he a standout last night? All of that spectacular stuff that he does was completely on point. Obviously, everything Kenny does is great. There were a couple of times where I almost felt like the Good Brothers felt a little out of place amongst all of the spectacular things that. Um, you know, Pac was doing and, and uh, you know, Kenny and, and Phoenix, but a complete uh, a complete high spot main event that I enjoyed. If you're going to give me a, a high spot match, give me one like that where I'm just oohing and on the whole way through. And um, it was it, it was fun to watch on the other side, that main event that we got from NXT between uh, the Undisputed Era and Ciampa and Thatcher, man, oh man, that's what it's supposed to look like, folks. When you hear me come on this show and talk about the work and how the work should look and what the selling should look like and what the registering should look like and what the psychology should should look like and the feel and the the facials, that's it. You got it in that main event last night. That, to me, the main event of NXT was the match of the night. That's that, that's who my vote goes to. And it goes to it because I felt there was just as much action in the NXT main event as the AEW main event, but I got all of that things that I like about pro wrestling from that NXT main event. 
It, well, I, I, Timothy Thatcher, like I, I, I said to you before that we started the show, he may be my new favorite wrestler with the performance uh, that he had last night, the facial expressions, everything you said, the uh, the credibility when it comes to certain moves and submission holds. Like it, it, it just, you're right. That that's the way it should be done. If you really want to buy into what you're looking at in that ring, uh, nobody does it better. And you know, I read a lot of like reviews of the shows and they talked about that main event like like uh that that reminded me of a Ring of Honor match from 2009, 2010. Okay, this was on like even another level than that. I, I mean, I have been watching wrestling for 40 years. I I'm going to be completely honest with you. That match on that main event match on NXT was one of the the best tag matches I think I've ever seen. Like, if I was to make a list of top five tag matches, that match might be there. Just based on the credibility that I bought into not only just the false finishes. You know, the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express did a wonderful job back in the day of making you buy into those false finishes. This made me buy into every single move that was happening in that ring. You know, Bully, you always talk about what's, what's the goal of every match. The goal of every match is to win. Not to look good, but to win. Everything that went on in that match was trying to ultimately win that match. Not to look good, not to look cute, not to do a cartwheel, to look fancy before doing No, every single move was meant to ultimately win that match last night. And when this is done the right way, when a match is performed the right way, you can still do that move... To look fancy, you can still do any move you want as long as you're trying to win with it. As long as you're not doing the move for the wrong reason. And the wrong reason is doing the move for the pop. You should be doing the move for the match. And for the match means trying to win with it. And that's what I'm getting with NXT. I feel like I got that across the board from NXT last night. I always come on and I say, entertainment-wise, the nod goes to AEW. Pro-wrestling-wise, in-ring action, uh, in-ring pro-wrestling, it goes to NXT. And I stick by that 100%. I will never back off of it. Um, but beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Some people are going to watch that AEW main event and they're going to be like, oh my God, I was so blown away. Did you see all the moves that Phoenix did and this, this, and that? Okay, fine, great. If that's your cup of tea, awesome. And there's some people are going to sit back like myself who are going to appreciate the AEW main event but can tell you why I like the NXT main event better. Yeah, and, and listen, there's a lot to break down from both these shows. I mean, not only the, the quality of the matches, some of the promos uh, that, you know, and I'll say this across the board, like we got a Hall of Famer and Edge that had one hell of a promo last night, and we had somebody on AEW that we had on on our show uh, months and months back on our Get Yourself Over Monday that I thought had one hell of a promo last night for AEW. But let's get into how AEW finished, because that's what everyone's talking about. That's what blew up on social media last night. And this is something that AEW definitely delivers more than NXT. And is and it's that moment that makes you say, holy shit, and gets uh, social media talking. And that was the end of the main event for AEW Dynamite when Kenta showed up in that ring. That was definitely a holy shit moment, but it didn't just leave in that live in that moment, bully. It's something that 
as far as a lot of the reports I'm reading, this is something that's going to continue with a relationship between New Japan and AEW moving forward. I don't know the extent of the relationship. Obviously, last night, it looks like they put their toe in the in the water. Uh, Kenta and Moxley are obviously doing business later this month in New Japan. Now we've seen AEW work with the NWA, Impact, and now New Japan. Um, all of these rumors, the scuttlebutt that we were hearing for months and months and months of AEW trying to bring everybody together, have everybody working together. It seems like it's going on, uh, obviously, with the Good Brothers working on last night's TV, Kenny working over at Impact, um, NWA with uh, with um, um, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that crossfit, and that really has wrestling fans excited and wrestling fans talking. When it comes to a relationship with like New Japan and AEW, and and some people on social media were asking last night, "Hey, Bubba, what do you think this relationship could be like?" Well, let's. I always try to go back in history and give you an example. I don't want to just give you off the top of my head why I think or it will or won't work. Let's look at New Japan's relationship with Ring of Honor. They had a great working relationship, always did great business, sold out shows no matter when they got together. So if they did great business with Ring of Honor, why shouldn't they do great business with AEW? Now, the only thing that can really come into play that would hurt any of these relationships is politics. And politics always happen in pro wrestling. Now, you might not hear these politics things because a lot of the a lot of the wrestling journalists or dirt sheet writers are in love with AEW and New Japan. So if anything is going on, they probably won't report about it. But if there are politics going on, that is what can affect the relationship. I don't want to see those politics happen because as a wrestling fan, I want to see the best from all of these companies coming together to give fans the best pro wrestling they possibly can. And listen, this is a this is a difficult time because, you know, Bully, obviously right now with the pandemic and COVID-19, like there's a lot of travel restrictions. But um, like Kenta, from what I hear, lives in Orlando. So, you know, he was able to make that appearance last night. So you work with what you have and the timing couldn't have been better. And, you know, you are going to see Moxley and Kenta at the end of this month. New Japan strong. Uh, I, listen, Bully. New Japan is a big reason why you and I got together on this show. Uh, New Japan and the Bullet Club was a big reason that the cool factor started back in pro wrestling in 2000 and late 2017 into 2018. I'd like to see that happen again. We kind of lost our way the last nine or 10 months. I'm really excited about what AEW is doing because you just said it. Look at Dynamite last night. You had Thunder Rosa from the NWA. You had the Good Brothers from Impact Wrestling. And then Kenta shows up from New Japan. When's the last time that you could really look at one show and all these different organizations have an element on one show like we had last night? To For me as a wrestling fan, Billy, that's a gift. That's why I really wanted to take today and really digest all the things that happened last night because I know we love to look ahead and we can look ahead of what's going to happen next but man when you look top to bottom from both those shows there's a lot to appreciate as a pro wrestling hardcore fan 
everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Obviously, you see Kenta with the go to sleep on your uh, John Moxley. A lot of people look at as the face of AEW, but your champion is Kenny Omega. Well, it wasn't on Dynamite, but you could see it on social media platforms for AEW. Kenta and Kenny Omega crossed paths last night soon after AEW Dynamite went to sleep, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yeah. Do we have that sound, Ed? Hello. Yeah. Edward. Here it Edward. is. Edward. Edward. Kenta. Hey. <laughs> Dude, bro, this way never told me to expect a guest. But are there. Welcome to the American Club, my friend. <laughs> Shut the f*** up. I'm not your friend. I'm here to beat the gel monster. Works for me. Works fine by me. Hey. You're the uh, social media stooge, right? Listen, you pass this along to Tony Khan. Look, John Moxley, you want me to show up here every week, risk my life to be on your Dynamite show, Tony? Hmm? Lance Archer, I saw what you did this week too. Button your nose in someone's business that you don't belong in. How about this? Next week, I'll smooth things over with my uh, newly found friend, Kenta. And if you got the guts, Tony, Make it a tag match. In fact, well, he's not contracted by this company, so I can't see how you could sanction this. Let's make it, I don't know, lights out, pinfalls can anywhere, something in my wheelhouse. Lance Archer, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Brother Kenta. Till then, must bid you adieu. Think about it. Think about it. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, so that wouldn't be a bad, like, like he mentioned, hey, Tony Khan, you know, Kenta's not a part of AEW. Um, can't sanction this match, but we want this matchup. I'm really excited about what could happen next week between these four. And also, Bully, something that we talked a lot about, too, is Lance Archer. You know, Lance Archer's so good. What a great big guy. He could do so much for AEW. Well, after that little interaction, now he's being thrown in to the main event scene on AEW Dynamite. Happy to see Archer getting a little taste because he definitely deserves it. Um, everything about him uh, I I like. And he's a, a, he's a big man, which they need desperately um, to do what? A guy like him that I get enough of the the guys flying around over there. I want to see an ass kicker like Lance Archer uh, in the you know in, in a main event type role. One of the things that AEW does really well is promote their their shows week to week. Within the body of their shows, they're always promoting for what's coming up next week. What's coming up next week? We got this match that they're promoting for next week with Kenta involved that I'm sure everybody's going to want to tune into because this is the talk of the town. Um, or Kenta is the talk of the town right now with wrestling fans. Let me ask you this, though, Dave. 
What if you were a brand new um, viewer to AEW last night? If you notice, the WWE always reminds you of what happened last week. It's like last week on Raw, last week on SmackDown, last week on NXT, especially NXT. They always open up with a recap of what happened last week. Just in case somebody's tuning in for the first time, they can get you up to speed, and now you start watching this week's show. Do you think AEW identified Kenta well enough if there were first-time viewers? Probably not. But I think this is another case, Bully, of uh, knowing your audience. You're absolutely right. Like, the WWE does these packages that, this, you know, especially on NXT, as you said, describing everything, what happened the week before, connecting the dots. NXT does a, a, an awesome job of connecting those creative dots. On AEW, I think they know their viewer. Hey, if you're watching this for the first time and you see Kenta... Who's who's this Kent? Pick up the phone. Go to social media. Who's this Kenta? What's going on here? Let me Google. Like, like I, I think they're kind of like playing up to their. They know their viewer, so I. They probably feel like we don't need to give too much. We'll give you just enough that you're gonna want to like dive in. Now this is where it hurts a little bit that there's no crowd. If that would have happened in an arena full of 10,000 people, imagine how much that arena would have exploded by seeing Kenta last night. Again, you're going to ride that wave of excitement, and it's probably going to make you want to do a little research to see exactly who he is. But I understand where you're coming from. Hey, this is somebody that's not even a part of your show. This is somebody that's a part of New Japan. So, you know, if if you even if you've been watching AEW Dynamite since – Episode one, you may not know a lot about New Japan. This is something that goes even before AEW Dynamite really started. So to your point, I think they know the type of viewer that they have. And catering to your viewer is one thing, but you always want to be catering to those new eyes and ears. I thought they could have done a little bit of a better job identifying who Kenta is. Because they decided to make him this surprise. They decided to go off the air with him. They decided to do that uh, parking lot vignette with Kenny. Tell me who he is. Let me know his significance. Just a little bit more to smarten me up and bring me up to speed. That's all. No, and you know what, Bully? They probably need to do that next Wednesday now. Because, hey... This, this was the end of the show. He was a surprise. You didn't see it coming. Next week, they probably have to do a little bit more of an exp, you know, explanation, even when it comes to like the Bullet Club and stuff like that. Because I think you make a really good point, Bully. If you're going to go with the Snoops, and now we're going to see Shaq in the ring, if you're grabbing that mainstream audience, because there's probably going to be people now that aren't wrestling fans that might tune in to see what's going on with Shaq. Shaq's a big, Shaq's a huge name. So you're you're using Shaq to bring in new viewers. Then you're going to have to explain other elements of what's going on with your show. I agree with you. It's going to be that's interesting. That's the only point I wanted to make. All right, let's go to the phones because you said you wanted to get the take in a busted open nation, and they're, they're already lining up to join the show, so let's go early. Let's go to Will in Arizona. What's going on, Will? What do you want to say about AEW? 
Hey, how you doing, guys? Good morning. Um, last night's show, I enjoyed it. AEW. I'm a casual fan of AEW. I didn't get around to watching NXT, so I can't elaborate on that. But what I noticed last night really kind of missed me was the fact that Ray Phoenix's performance in ring was a pretty much spectacular deal to where I was thinking, why is he not TMT champion as opposed to Darby Allen, who for me is like a dry wrestler. Now he's going against this Joey Janela guy out of the blue. And I'm thinking it's, it's got me throwing my socks at the TV. And I want to get what your take is on that. Because cool. for me, it's like an injustice for a guy like Ray Phoenix to be busting his ass every week, day in and day out on AEW and not even have a, a decent chance at a title run. And so he's I in the fucking get main event last run. night. I, I, he, he was in the main event last night, and all of a sudden you want to put a championship on him for what reason? He was part of a tag team. He was part of that tournament. Like, what is better? Why would you put a championship on Ray Phoenix as opposed to Darby Allen? He is more spunk. He has more pop for me. That's what I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that sees that. He's got more to give as opposed to Darby Allen. Darby Allen is a jaded dart figure. Yeah, I get that. He's edgy and he's kind of mystique and all, but still. You, you just want- answered your own question by saying, by describing Darby Allen, Will. And, Will, like, I know you're a casual viewer, but now if, if Ray Phoenix is going to make you a, a diehard viewer of AEW, because Ray Phoenix is on AEW Dynamite a lot. Uh, and then, you know, last night he was in the main event on what I'm calling maybe one of the best AEW Dynamites I've seen in a long, long time, Will. Uh, I mean, and, enjoy the freaking show, dude. Like I I I I don't I don't understand because you are a big fan of Ray Phoenix and the performance he had last night. Now all of a sudden you're going to take another wrestler that people are invested in, strip him of the title, and give it to Ray Phoenix. If you read between the lines of Will's call, he wants Ray Phoenix to have a championship because he likes his moves, and that's the wrong reasons to have a championship. A championship is put on a wrestler for business reasons, not a reward. You become a champion because you can sell a ticket. You can sell a T-shirt. You can tell a story. You can move the needle. And right now, since we can't sell tickets, we have to move the needle. And which demographic is most important to AEW? 18 to 49, and Darby is resonating with the low end of the 18 to 49. I dare to say he might even be resonating with the high end. Darby is new and different. Ray Phoenix is a spectacular wrestler, but we've seen plenty of luchadors do spectacular things in the ring. And I'm going to sit there and I will appreciate Ray Ray Phoenix for everything he does, but I'm not going to sit here and go, well, Ray Phoenix deserves the championship more than Darby because Ray does better moves. I, 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 that's like I, saying I, that's uh, maybe maybe how about this well i think darby allen deserves the championship because he's he's uh fearless and he'll put himself in a uh in, in a body bag and let him and, and take a blind bump to the floor how's that i mean uh, he he uh, listen the Darby Allen doesn't resonate with that with that caller that's fine not everything is going to resonate with you you don't book the show. It's not your show. Bully, you and I both, both of us, 
Love Jimmy Superfly Snooker back in the day. We were huge fans, okay? Did you ever stop watching WWF programming because he wasn't a champion? Did you ever say, why is Don Morocco the champion and not Jimmy Snooker? Boy, Jimmy Snooker, boy, he does that leap off the top rope. He's so exciting. How is he not champion? Why is Bob, ba- why is Bob Backlund champion? He's boring. He's vanilla. You know what? I'm not going to watch it. I'm not watching anymore because I want, I want super fight not going to be the champion. Why don't they listen to me? Listen to me. Go fuck yourself. Back after this. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. I think those women did the absolute best job that they could. Like I said, Paul Turner doing a good job uh, as the referee, the girls adhering to the rules. If you want to go outside, just get back in before the 10 count, break the count, do whatever you have to do. They, They protected Thunder Rosa just a little bit by putting some heat on Rebel and Brit for cheating. Everybody won. Everybody takes a step forward. Hopefully the feud continues. Um, Great job. Thumbs up across the board. Yeah, and and like you said, the story that took place in the ring and protecting Thunder Rosa, like, you know, great job by Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross once again on commentary Uh, because, like, she got knocked out because of that exposed turnbuckle. She got knocked out. And, you know, she did not give up. And and, and I thought that was a a wonderful job. Again, that's what the commentators are for. They're, they're, they're supposed to like be the narrators of this story. And I thought JR, once again, with Tony Giovanni, did a phenomenal job. And once again, great job by Paul Turner, because what we see a lot in AEW is stuff happen right in front of the referee's eyes. Now, that's bad on the wrestler to do something right in front of the referee, but the referee should also try to protect themselves at all times by not seeing something. Paul Turner made sure his back was to that turnbuckle so he could he was concentrating on the submission hold and his back was to the uh and his back was to the uh buckle so he could never see rebel coming in the ring good positioning gives himself uh you know plausible deniability he had no idea what was going on a great job by Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa because the action that was taking place was in the left corner of the ring while you know rebel was exposing the right you know, right corner of the ring and taking off that, uh, taking off that uh, middle turnbuckle. I mean, that's what you need to do. And Paul Turner, you're right. Absolutely. He didn't turn around. He was, he was, his back was completely exposed to that turnbuckle. Phenomenal job across the board. And real quick to put Britt over a little more, and I'm going to put her over for the same reason I put Alexa over the other day, facial expressions. Britt Baker is very good at telling a story with her face. She has a, she's very, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, she, she's a good storyteller with a face, with her eyes, the yeah. way she registers and sells. Very dramatic. Just in, j- yep, just in her facial expressions alone. So uh, good job, Doc. Oh, and by the way, you know, the only title that Britt Baker has is Dr. Britt Baker. She doesn't have a championship title around her waist. But I want to see her with a championship. 
Unbelievable. That's All right, cool. let's go to let's go to Michael in North Carolina. What's going on, Michael? Hey guys, how's it going? What's up, buddy? Michael, what spot monkey Not do you much. want to see have a championship? Um, let, let, let's let's give it to Joey Janela. Why not? No, and, and, and again, Ray Phoenix is a great wrestler. <laughs> Nobody's telling you not to support and root for Ray Phoenix. But, like, to just say I like him, so give him a title. Like, I, 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 again, I can't. I can't. Just go, Michael. Please. What do you got? What do you got, Mike? What do you got? Yeah. So, uh, in, in my opinion, I think the, 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 the match of the night for me in AEW was uh, definitely Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Um, Britt is easily becoming one of my favorite female performers. Um, really enjoy seeing her. I don't know if you guys have seen the, uh, the waiting room on AEW dark, um, hilarious segments. I think she's really good. Um, the match itself last night. I mean, I, I want to see more. Um, I want to see him on dark on Wednesday. I want to see him on dynamite again on Thursday. Um, I'm sorry, uh, dark on Tuesday, dynamite on Wednesday. Um, I just, I, I just want to keep going. Um, also, I wanted to make a comment about uh, NXT. I know you guys haven't quite gotten into NXT yet, but um, one of the things I really enjoyed about NXT, man, was just Edge showing up. Um, I felt, you know, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, Bully. Um, was that the rub that he was giving to uh, Finn Balor and then uh, again at the end of the the, the night with uh, Karrion Cross? That is 100% the rub. He gave the rub to Finn Balor. He gave the rub to... Um, um, Carrying Cross. Pete Dunn. No, 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 no. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. And yeah. to Carrying Cross. Yep. Anytime you can appear in a shot with a superstar like Edge, that's the rub because they are positioning you. Look at what they did for Damian Priest the other night. Hey, they even give they even gave uh Thick Boy uh Bronson Reed, because we saw Edge in the back with yeah, him. Yeah, Bronson Reed. You know? Bronson yeah. got a little got a little got, got a little knuckle got a little knuckle shot from Edge. Even that. No matter who it is, if it's a, a superstar. And this was my whole uh discussion argument when we had Austin on the show. And and Steve's like, no, Bubba, you know, Becky didn't have to be in the ring with me. And I'm like, yes, Steve, she did, because that's called the rub. And then when she was in the ring with Steve Austin on his show, everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Him showing up on NXT last night, Edge, really liked it. There were two parts of the promo, though, that I was shaking my head at, and I was just, I was not confused, but I'm like, wow, I wonder why he went in this direction. The first was, I loved how he says, you know, sometimes in WWE, we put too much attention on the E, and he said the word entertainment, right? Um, he, I, I don't remember if he said entertainment, but he did say emphasis on the E. Oh, he said the emphasis on the A. Okay. I would have loved for the emphasis on the W for him to actually say the word wrestling. Because that's what NXT does better than anybody else out there. Wrestling. 
And I think that would have catered to a lot of fans because I think fans, we've been so programmed to know that is a dirty word in the WWE, but in NXT, no, no, we embrace the word. I would have liked to have heard that. Secondly, I was shocked to hear Edge raise his voice so quickly when he was talking about the passion. He was almost yelling at them a little bit. I'm like, wow, that doesn't seem very Edge-like. So those are the only two things. But to see him in there with the, with uh, with Dunn and, and Finn, and you know, I would have loved for Edge to acknowledge that Finn was the first Universal Champion. You know, let's not forget, Finn was main roster. Finn yep. was a big deal, and then he got snake bit by the by the injury. Yeah, so, I mean, he was. He was your first ever Universal Champion, and people forget about that. But using Edge the way they have been using him, great stuff. Love the face-to-face with Karrion Cross. Oh, Loved my God. it. Loved it. Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bardot, I mean, dollar signs all over them. And I hope they have the same type of debut that a Damian Priest does. I hope I hope the high hopes for Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bardot are the same that we're seeing from Damian Priest. Now, as we know, everything is going to the shitter overnight. But based just by based on what we saw, so far so good. You know why? I think a big reason why, Bully, and I was thinking about this after the show last night. WWE, we talked about it at the start of the show. The world moves so fast in the WWE. They don't really look back at things a lot. Uh, NXT does a great job of doing that. They tell you the history of it each and every... Why are you laughing? Oh, boy. Because they showed us a replay of Shelton getting pinned in the title match. <laughs> and that pissed Gabby off so bad. I understand. I understand. <laughs> okay, moving on. Gabby, Gabby's going to do fine. Don't worry about it. But I think like NXT, when you mentioned the, the world of wrestling... I, I, I think she will. Uh, I, I think when you look at the world of wrestling, like NXT does a really good job of reminding you about each and every part. It doesn't move as fast as the main roster does. I think that's why you, you can get invested in a Finn Balor a lot more. But Raw and SmackDown have been doing great recap packages to start their shows off because the way Vince McMahon looks at it is assume that you're catering to a first-time viewer. You know that the you know that your viewer that's there is not going to go anyplace. Although if you look at the ratings, it seems like you know some people have decided to you know go go elsewhere. But you always want to bring people up to up to speed. I mean, think of some of the uh, you know uh, the best um, uh, TV shows that we've seen over the years. You know, last week on Dynasty. You know, last week on Dallas or whatever. I know we're dating ourselves here, but you're old. What can I tell you? <laughs> I loved Friday nights and watching Dallas at nine o'clock. So, except for the brief time, Manimal was on NBC. It actually Manimal. got my Manimal was just phenomenal. Can we please not talk about anything else today? We don't want to piss off wrestling fans going on one of our you know diatribes about like '80s sitcoms, movies, music. <laughs> I'm just saying, Manimal was great. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to the phones because you know when it comes to Edge, people are excited. Let's go to Bama Dave. And Bama Dave, what did you think of Edge, Edge's promo last night? Well, guys, I completely agree with you. I, on AEW, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker was the match over there for me. Over on NXT, the match of the night, no question, was that main event. But the moment of the night for me was Edge's promo. Guys, it it blew me away, just the master class he put on there. Within five minutes, uh, 
he, he put he put over the brand as the wrestling brand and that it helped him find his passion and made him want to come back to be in the wrestling ring again. He put over that having the NXT title is a big deal. The fact that he would he been considering using his Rumble win to go after that championship. He puts over Pete Dunne. Then he turns and he puts over Finn Balor. And then he puts over that he's never held the NXT championship, which, which is a big deal saying that that's a championship he actually wants to maybe hold. And then he puts over TakeOver and makes us want to see the end of that match because there's a, there's a possible chance that Edge might choose that champion. I mean, in less than five minutes, he did wonders for that brand, which as an NXT diehard fan like I am is so big because everybody calls them developmental or the C-show. But if Edge comes there and Edge takes the time to do that, it puts it on another level to me. And I was so grateful he did that. I agree with you, uh, Bama Dave, and thanks for the phone call. Um, it justifies it. It brings credibility to it. I mean, a fantastic job to do that. And it, and I'm sure when we look at the ratings, Bully, it's going to put more eyes on the NXT product as well. Um, that's what you want to do. And when you're going back to Bully's point, when you bring back a Stone Cold Steve Austin, get him in the ring with Becky Lynch. You know, you bring back Edge. Well, yeah, Edge is going to be in the main event at WrestleMania. Everybody loves Edge. But why not get somebody over in the process? Get as many wrestlers over as you can in the process. And that's what Edge did last night on NXT. I mean, Finn Balor, like Finn Balor was on the main roster. I don't really look at Finn Balor as much as I do a Karrion Cross, a Bronson Reed, and a Pete Dunne. Because Edge put all three of those guys over. And their characters as well. Pete Dunne's a, Pete Dunne's a badass. He doesn't give a shit. And he really didn't give a shit of what Edge was saying. He was kind of just shrugging Edge off. And he shrugged him off. Yeah. This disrespectful little prick shoved him off. And then Edge just came back over the top. Yeah, 10 years ago, I would have did the same thing. Kid. Here, you shrug me, I call you kid. Now go get my bags. I love that stuff. Love that stuff. Because it it also helps Pete Dunne. Because you, you know what? If you go on social media lately, a lot of this younger generation of wrestler like a Pete Dunne, that's what they're doing to older generation of wrestling, uh, of pro wrestlers. Nah, what do you know? Well, yeah, I don't know anything. I, I was gone for nine years and r- r- ran the table in-, in the Rumble, and now I'm going to, to main event WrestleMania. But no, I don't know anything. Keep shrugging, kid. Let me know what people are saying about you in 10 years. My point is, I like that little story. And if you look... <laughs> My God, uh, whether it's uh, who, who's been complaining on social media, uh, whether it's been uh, Mustafa Ali or uh, Diana Perrazzo, everybody's complaining about these veterans being around. There's a reason. Check out the show last night. I mean, I mean, seriously, like for all those people that bitched and moaned about Edge winning the Royal Rumble, and you talked about this on Monday, that there's a lot of people on social media that bitched and moaned about Edge winning the Royal Rumble. Why do you have Edge win the Royal Rumble? For a show like we saw last night. For a moment that we saw last night. For what he can do for Pete Dunne and Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross, Just appearing on that show last night. It's called good business. It's called smart business. A head, a head coach of a football team has a, rep- a responsibility to put the 11 best players, best players on the field on any given Sunday. Yes, Dave? Yes. Not necessarily the guy that uh, worked the hardest in practice. You could be the hardest worker in practice, but not the best player. 
look at Rudy, who worked harder than Rudy. Yep, and he only was able to get on the field for one, one, what, two minutes in the last game of the season. The point is Vince McMahon and Triple H have a responsibility to put out the best players they possibly can on any Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Edge is one of the best players in the history of that company. That's why he's in that spot. And Edge didn't go in that ring last night and just clear house. Like, it's not like the Edge came down. Ah, there's your Royal Rumble winner. He comes into the ring and just starts cleaning house and knocking everybody on their asses. That's not what took place last night. This is not what took place last night. Everybody looked stronger on that show because of Edge. That's the way it should be done. That's the, the perfect way you... Listen, credit to AEW right now, the way they're using Sting with Darby. Yes. You know? Yeah, and and last night saying telling telling Starks maybe you need to get a closer look at me. I, Starks, I just I want. Thought, I just I, can't wait. I just can't wait for Sting to have a match so I can be right and Booker can be wrong. We'll see what we'll see what happens. <laughs> You're going to get that opportunity, I think. Let's go out to Ryan in Boston. Ryan, what did you think of Edge's promo last night? Hey guys, I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I think he hit the nail right on the head with uh, the second W thing, and I think that's why we see so many people go to the main roster and kind of fade to the background and end up not being great on the main roster from NXT because they're so used to flourishing in the wrestling aspect, and then the main roster has such a such a like strong look towards the entertainment factor. Yeah, and and listen, they make no bones about it. And this is where, like Ryan, I get frustrated with Raw, but they they focus, like Ed said, they focus more on the e, the entertainment side, than the wrestling side. That's why, like you know, like when people say, "Oh, Lagreca is a WWE hater," no, I'm not, because they give you everything. They really do. If you're more onto the entertainment side, like you know, our good friend Sam Roberts, he's more into the the entertainment of the WWE. Well, you know, you have Monday Night Raw. If you're more into the pure pro wrestling, then they give you NXT. And listen, not every wrestler on that show last night is being moved to the main roster. I don't think Champa's ever going to get moved to the main roster. I think Champa has his home on NXT. Adam Cole has been forever on NXT. I, I, know, I don't know if ever he is going to get moved to the main roster. But what sucks for guys like that is unless you – remember how I talked about bringing in guys from the WWE to help the NXT guys work yes. up to the next level? Okay, Edge is, Edge is going to be a good part-time guy for that. They'll pepper him in on the road to WrestleMania, but he's not a guy that's going to – I don't believe will be hanging out there for a long time. A guy like Cesaro, you bring down there. He can hang out for because now Champa and Cesaro, Thatcher, Cesaro, uh, um, any of the undisputed era guys, Cesaro. Now they're working up to the next level of work, psychology, and superstar. Because Cesaro is a bigger superstar than all these guys. So what sucks for Champa and all these other guys is if they're not going to get the call up. They still don't have anybody to work up to. They're going to be the they're going to be the top guys in NXT, helping everybody else get elevated. And when you have a ceiling like that, then your top guys become stagnant. Understood, understood. But you know, like with, with the Finn Balor and things like that, maybe we're on the cusp of hey, if you have these veterans on the main roster and you're not doing anything with them. 
Like if 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 you're not going to do anything with Nakamura, put Nakamura on NXT. Imagine imagine that right off the bat, you put Nakamura on NXT. Nakamura and Cesaro. Yeah, I mean, I mean, now you have stars that that NXT stars can work up to, and people are going to tune in for them. It tonight's today's rating will be very interesting. We're talking about Edge, the guy that won the Royal Rumble, a beloved babyface, yada, yada, yada. They didn't advertise him, which was really weird. Other than Edge saying he was going to show up, they didn't advertise him. But he's there. He's in about three, uh, maybe four segments. We saw him with Regal. We saw him in the ring. And then we saw him with backstage with yeah. uh, Cross. And, uh, so three Reed. segments. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if that moved the needle for them, and if and if last night's you know AEW show did more than uh, than you know more than expected. Yeah, because last week it, they they kind of uh, got a lot closer. Though I will say this, and this wasn't really brought up, and, and I'm just going to say this quickly, and we'll move on. Um, there was a lot of technical issues with AEW on a lot of their streaming platforms, where it went on for about 15 to 20 minutes. Tony Khan actually had to go to social media and apologize. So I think a lot of people tuned out and maybe tuned into NXT. AEW still got the better rating, but it was a lot closer last week. Streaming platforms don't have anything to do with a a, a rating, though. Yeah, uh, for for like Facebook, for uh, YouTube Live, and for those, it does it does contribute Not, to. The, but when we see the rating, the rating every week, when we talk when we talk about oh, they did seven hundred and fifty thousand views. That's just television views. Am, am, or, or am I am I wrong? No, for like for certain things like YouTube Live, uh, right. it is factored into into the weekly rate. Am I right, Ed? Oh. When I say that, Ed. So when you see so when you see a, a wrestling publication come out and they say the they did this rating this week, you're telling me that YouTube and Facebook Live are involved in those numbers? No, well, there's a YouTube uh, subscription service and also Hulu TV, and according to the research that we did, uh, those numbers do factor into the Nielsen figures for uh, for Wednesday night. Now, okay, so you're like, saying last yeah. week it, it was affected because of a streaming situation? Yeah, they, 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 they. There was a, a a blank screen for I think the first 15 minutes of Dynamite. Uh, yeah, on, it on missed H- the entirety Hulu. of the the Archer Eddie Kingston match. They ended up putting the whole of that match up on YouTube afterwards as compensation. Yeah. Gotcha. Just, okay. just as a side note, but it is going to be interesting to see what happens from last night. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it in to Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. And this is where I give credit to Tony Khan, especially with the Jungle Boy entrance, for buying the real music. Because that's going to get Jungle Boy over to the next level because fans are just going to be programmed to sing his song. Listen, if you're sitting there and everybody else next to you is singing the Jungle Boy music, you're going to sing along with them, right? Yep. And... Let's take somebody like the Sandman. How important was his music or any of the music in ECW was to any other talent? It helps. So uh, the fan interaction at AEW is something that I'm really looking forward to seeing again. 
I can't wait, Bully. Like, I can't wait till the world. I mean, it's it's crazy when you think about it. We, you know, we're obviously dealing with our own inconveniences, but like the, the world is dealing with like when the world opens up and like, I can't wait till like the first, you know, arena show when there's, you know, 12,000 people in an arena cheering on pro wrestling again. Like that is going to, that's going to bring a tear to my eye when I, that happens. I was just going to say, people would be crying. I'll probably be crying at the first concert I go back to. Seriously, just from the adrenaline rush alone, I'll probably be crying. Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I'll turn on a high five. You di- No, you won't be there with me. No, I'll be in, I'll be in section 412. <laughs> And you'll be on the floor with your your pals Chris Jericho and Paul Heyman, and you know you'll be rocking out, and I'll be you know row thirteen and four twelve. The the relationship with the fans yeah. is something that AEW definitively wins the battle in. The AEW uh, wrestlers management ownership and the fan base are extremely tight, and uh, that is something that the WWE could should improve on. I, 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 you know, I'm wondering too, like, you know, and I think it was Nick Aldis that we had on, um, that said about like the enjoyment of like, you know, the wrestlers enjoying, you know, the wrestlers understanding the fans and the fans understanding the wrestlers a little bit better. I I think the word appreciation is going to happen when things open up again. Like, I I think a lot of the things that we took for, you know, we we took advantage of and took for granted, I think we're really going to appreciate when things open up. Well, well, tell me, are you talking about what wrestlers take for granted or fans take for granted? Uh, Like, I mean, I mean, I can only speak for fans like, um, you know, seeing a live show. And by you know, not staring at your phone during the show, or oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, sure. like, 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 hey man, you know, you bought a ticket to this, you, you know, these guys are busting their ass, these girls are busting their ass for you to enjoy, like, instead, buy into it a little bit more, like, instead of making the snarky comments and having your 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 nose buried in your phone. Like, understand what's going on. You know, I, I, I really think appreciation is going to happen when the world open up, opens up again. One of the benefits, and I use that word very lightly, of this whole COVID experience is that fans have not been able to hijack shows because that's very annoying. It's disrespectful. It's uncalled for across the board. Um, and the wrestlers have been, be, been able to benefit from nobody attempting to hijack shows and, and chant what and all of that other stuff that's just really a distraction and gets in the way. You want to chant what, you can do it when Steve Austin is in the ring. When fans come back, I hope that's uh, like something you're talking about, but the taking for granted. Let's cut out all of that yeah. fan hijacking and trying to be more over than the talent is in the ring. If you want to do that, go train to be a pro wrestler and get yourself in a ring, and then you can hijack a show. Hijack Ex- it by getting over. Yeah, and or but you know to your point, buying in and having the fun, like singing Jungle Boy's theme and singing Judas and stuff like that. That's completely different. Or singing the song like during the wedding segment, like that's fun stuff. That's what we want. I I want more. So I I, th- I really do f- think fans are going to appreciate it a lot more. Let's go out to DJ in Atlanta. DJ, what do you want to say about AEW, buddy? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? We're great. I want to talk about Hikaru Shida for a second. Now, you know, Shida has been champion in AEW for 230 days. 
And in those 230 days, we've seen her pretty much run through the women's division in AEW. So when they promote this new uh, women's eliminator tournament, I'm looking at the lineup and the, Jap- the Japanese side. I'm not really too sure about those talents, but the U.S. side, she's pretty much beaten everybody on that side. I don't think she's faced Serena Deeb, but even Thunder Rosa, which is like the hottest act in AEW right now from another promotion, she's already beaten her. So I'm thinking when I'm looking at this, like, uh, are these guys really going to be a threat to Sheeta? So right now, I'm looking at Jay Cargill, like, we, we got to have that match. I look at Sheeta as, you know, the fearless, courageous Japanese warrior. So I want to see somebody strike fear in Sheeta's eyes. And the only athlete I see striking fear in Sheeta's eyes is Jay. Now, Jay hasn't had, many, hasn't had a match yet, but we can have her look strong in this match coming up, squash four or five talents, and then we got to get that match, Dave. What are you guys' thoughts about that? That's yeah, and, and DJ, yeah, this is going to be interesting when you look ahead to what's going to happen here with Sheeta. Because, uh, you know, and Sheeta, and you're right, what she's been able to do, you know, with this roster. And she's beaten everybody. I mean, I think the last time we saw her in the ring was against Abaddon. And I had questions about that matchup because I really look at Abaddon as somebody that could be a threat. And I didn't think they presented her in that way against Sheeta. But you look at who she has faced, and she's faced some big names. But she really hasn't uh, faced those big names recently. When I look at the women's division now, and this is no disrespect to Sheeta, Bully, I'm I'm bringing up Thunder Rosa. Uh, You know, I'm bringing up a Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa is isn't even signed with AEW. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of months with Sheeta and this women's division. Uh, When when it comes to Sheeta. I think the more we get her in there working, the better. I don't want to see her versus Jade Cargill anytime soon. Jade needs a lot of time, a lot of matches, a lot of reps under her belt. DJ did mention the word fearless warrior. And you want to talk about a fearless warrior? Let's jump over to NXT real quick and talk about Tian Shah. (laughs) You talk about a vignette, and I mentioned this on social media. Uh, Wow, that's like movie-esque what we saw on NXT last night. When I saw the Tien Sha vignette, first of all, I popped for so many reasons because I'm like, here's my boy Jeremy Barash knocking it out of the freaking park again. Um, I was so into the vignette. I was so entertained by it. I was all in, and then all of a sudden I felt so disappointed because I'm like, Oh, now she has to wrestle. It almost seemed like too big of a production just to eventually have to get down to just a wrestling match. I hope that she is presented and used and and built uh, much like any of the other women, top women in NXT, because that is the way you start propelling. And that wasn't even the beginning of her. They started with the with the Zia Lee and the yep. Boa stuff. Now we're starting to find out that's Tian Sha behind it. And now we'll eventually get some big reveals. Nothing but high hopes. And and that was that was spectacular last night. 
You know, it's amazing, like, looking at the vignettes that NXT does, you know, whether it's with his ILE, whether it's like a carrying cross and some of the things that we've seen over the last few months. If I'm if I'm not familiar with the products, I would think that NXT is like the main roster show because th- th- think about it. Like, it almost feels like even with if bully, even with the entrances, like a Bronson Reed entrance. Just hard- Hunter's a rock and roll fan, so it's always going to have that edginess to it. I mean, come on. Like, look at Karrion Cross's entrance. It's, it's, it's something out of a Dio stage show, it reminds me. I mean, at least that's what it reminds, reminds me of. But it's like, it's, it's, it's these entrances, like with Karrion Cross and, and like you're talking about like rock star stuff, it's extremely cinematic. But it's not cinematic in a way like it takes you out of reality. Like, you're still in that moment. But the, but the but the way they use it in the, in in the Capitol Center is absolutely amazing. Again, if I'm watching these shows for the first time and don't know the story, I would I would swear that NXT is the is the show where all the money is invested in by by all the entrances and these vignettes that we're seeing. It's where all my emotion is invested. And they can wow. take my. I would listen. I would have no problem paying to see an NXT show. I don't know if I could say the same thing about Raw and SmackDown. I, honestly, I, I mean, know exact. I know that I am. I know that I am leaving an NXT show with a smile on my face. I know that I'm going. Holy shit, that was awesome. Last night after that show was over, I was like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Seriously, like I mean, you know, that was like a pay per view quality show last night, from what I saw with NXT. Great I mean, stuff. a near-perfect show. Near-perfect show from NXT. And when I talk about work rate, and on Thursdays, sometimes I'm critical about the work rate and the in-ring physicality on the AEW side. Now, there was nothing wrong with the physicality from Ray Phoenix last night and Kenny Omega. We never talk about any of those guys. Those guys bring it. Yeah. I mean... Phoenix and Omega come at you full tilt with some of the things that they do. But there are many wrestlers on the AEW side who have a problem with their in-ring work. It's not what it's it's not as tight as it needs to be. It's not as physical as it needs to be. When you go and you look at that main event from last night on NXT, do you see what I'm talking about? I do. Did you did you see any holes in yeah. that work last night? That was as about a perfect a match as you could possibly have. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.